There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, a Pittsburgh Steelers podcast made by fans like you for fans like you. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. I am your host, Joe Kuzma, and I am amped up. I'm geeked up. I'm psyched out. I'm going crazy. I have to wait an extra day for the Steelers past Sunday. Everyone else gets, well, unless you're the Denver Broncos or the Carolina Panthers, unless you're a fan of one of those two teams or you're involved in that organization, you got to play early, the early kickoff. The Steelers got to do that last year with the New England Patriots, but we have to wait. We have to wait till Monday for some football, but at least it's looking good. I don't know. I always wonder. The Steelers are always slow starters in these openers. We're very excited. We want to see the offense. We want to see everything, but no Le'Veon Bell for this game. There's several starters that Mike Tomlin said are day-to-day, and if it were a game day, they would be available. We're maybe a little concerned about Marcus Gilbert with his elbow. We're concerned about Marcus Wheaton with his shoulder. So we're going to see what happens here. I think Wheaton's replaceable. I think the Steelers are okay there. I think Ryan Harris could fill in for Marcus Gilbert if needed. It does worry me, though, you have the two tackles. But the Washington Redskins, not necessarily sporting the greatest defense. Not necessarily the greatest team. However, it's the Redskins' offense. It's really, it's it's surprising, the numbers they put up last year. It's how they won their division. They were surprisingly good down the home stretch of the year. And they're looking to take that momentum that got them a division win, a home playoff game, and they're trying to take that into the 2016 season. As we know, the Mike Tomlin team's not always the strongest when playing on the road. At least it feels that way. It feels like when the Steelers go on the road, particularly against a team that everyone else in Steelers Nation feels that they could beat, they end up laying the old goose egg, coming home with a loss, tail tucked between the legs. I want a W in the nation's capital because then we have a short week until we come home and get to spank the Cincinnati Bengals in front of the home crowd at Heinz Field. But I don't want to look ahead to that yet. I want to look at these Washington Redskins. I'm going to take a look at both sides of the ball here. I'm going to start with what I think, and Vegas thinks too. Vegas has the odds. They have the Steelers favored plus three over under is 50. Wow. This could very much be an over because believe it or not, the Redskins with a win or with more than 30 points with their offense, they're looking to score 30 or more points in a fourth consecutive regular season game, of course dating back to the 2015 season for the first time since 1991. They're looking for a fourth consecutive game with 400 yards of offense. They are looking to record 
zero turnovers in a third consecutive game. They're looking to have Kirk Cousins add to his streak of 17 consecutive games, 16 of those in the regular season, with at least a single touchdown pass thrown. Very interesting. But we have to consider, when you're talking about the last, oh, geez, let's just take a look at the last part of the the schedule from the 2015 season to see how this is all put together. Because the Redskins have a 43-32-3 all-time record against the Steelers. Let's throw out a few more numbers here before we get into that, this Redskins hot streak that they're talking about. They're 21-12-3 all-time at home against the Steelers, but, but... Hold the phone. They have a five-game losing streak to this team from the Steel City. They haven't beaten the Steelers since 1991. That is a very, 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 very long time. That's almost Bengals playoff territory. In fact, it is. It's the same thing, I think. 91 is the same time. 25 years. Wow. Did not realize that, quite frankly. Also didn't realize that Kirk Cousins posted a 100 or better passer rating to become the first Redskins quarterback to post multiple 100 rating seasons with a minimum of 100 attempts. He's trying to add his streak of six consecutive regular season games with that passer rating of 100 or better, and that is the longest streak by a Redskins quarterback in records available back to 1960. So throwing all those numbers out there, how how does Kirk Cousins... Somebody, I, I don't think that Kirk Cousins and the Redskins offense was this high-octane, well-oiled machine that many think have the best maybe group of receivers, best receiver core, including the tight ends, which we'll talk about. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers, isn't it? Antonio Brown, the GOAT, greatest of all time. Marcus Wheaton. Maybe. I'm expecting a great breakout season from him. Just wrote about it on SteelCityUnderground.com. Eli Rogers looks like a clone of Antonio Brown in the preseason. I'm very excited to see him. And for all intents and purposes, if Sammy Coates shows us more with the first-team offense, he could be a Martavis Bryant clone, and that's what we're expecting. And we're expecting Darius Hayward Bay to contribute as well, but at least catch the ball. I think where it falls down is that the Steelers don't have Ladarius Green. They have Jesse James out there, and Jesse James showed us enough promise maybe that they may not skip a beat from losing Heath Miller and not having Green to start this year on the pup list, of course. Physically unable to perform out a minimum six weeks. We'll see how it goes. They say it's an ankle-type issue. A lot of, you know, I'm not getting into Ladarius Green again. We've talked enough about that. That's, this is all about the Steelers beating these Redskins, right? You see this Kirk Cousins. Maybe he was a slow starter. He used to be horrendous. He'd throw four picks in a game. This is the guy that really is the type of player that, I don't know, Steelers fans in the preseason were mad at Landry Jones for throwing four picks. Jay Gruden actually convinced the, the Dan Snyder, the owner of the Redskins, is a I don't know, I don't want to I don't want to sound cruel, but I hear he's a megalomaniac. He's got a major ego. He's someone that's very hard to rationale with and we've seen just turmoil in DC for many years with turnover with those teams and paying for 
high-dollar free agents, which would include Josh Norman, the corner who came over from the Panthers, who's talking a lot of smack about Antonio Brown. I'm not sure that you want to poke a stick through that cage and antagonize the best player in the NFL right now. Yes, best player. Well, he's in the category for that. Definitely the best wide receiver. There are definitely a few other really, really, really good NFL players at each of their positions, like a Cam Newton or a J.J. Watt, that are just out of this world right now. But Antonio Brown, you do not want to poke the stick at him. Do you? Do you really? I don't know. That's just something I wouldn't be talking smack. But he doesn't know any better. He's uh, he's just trying to cash in. He held the Panthers' ransom, and then the Panthers said, no, no way. And the Redskins were more than happy to pay him, and I don't know. I think Josh Norman is a system guy. I think he benefited from a very good Panthers defense, a Panthers team that went to the Super Bowl last year. Could be a good addition here, but that secondary for the Redskins is a mess. D'Angelo Hall is moving over from corner, a very longtime NFL player, veteran. He is moving to the safety spot to try and help them out. They have some guys back there that have dealt with injuries. There's, there's just not a whole lot of substance with these guys that are playing in that backfield, and they're going to have their hands full with all those receivers I was talking about. And Ben Roethlisberger, you got to go with the better quarterback here if you're going to be picking a team to win here. I'm never going to go against the Steelers. So for the next 17 weeks of football, the next 16 games in the NFL, I'm always taking the slant on why the Steelers will win. Now, I will have some guests on the show from time to time that come from the opponents, and I expect them to tell me why their team is going to win. I don't want to hear why the Steelers are going to lose, and I don't want to – definitely, they don't want to hear why maybe if you're a Redskins fan, why the Redskins are going to lose. But I'm going to tell you why because I'm a Steelers fan, and I believe in this team. Regardless – of all of the obstacles that have been set in front of them, this is the standard is the standard, as Tomlin says. And you're facing a good test here because, like I said, Kirk Cousins, apparently a slow starter in his career, but the last 11 games of the season last year, 24 to 3 touchdown to interception ratio. Wow. And you look at some of those teams that he played. And they had a few quality opponents last year. I mean, the Patriots or the Jets. or, But really, when they were talking about all these consecutive streaks, the last four, five, six games, let's go here from the end of November. So they played the Panthers, okay, and then they you come down and, okay, so they obviously lost to Carolina. Carolina had one regular season loss the whole year. So then they go, they beat the Giants, lose to the Cowboys, mind you. The Cowboys who didn't have, throw a dart at a board at whoever the quarterback was that year, last year. They were just, the Cowboys were a mess last season, as were the Chicago Bears, who they beat by a field goal. And then the Buffalo Bills, they end up beating them. That's an up and down team all the time. That defense was pretty ravaged by the end of the year. The Philadelphia Eagles surely were not all that spectacular. And then the Cowboys, once again, they come back and beat the Cowboys themselves before they get shellacked in the playoffs at home by the Green Bay Packers, 35-18. to So really, when you're talking about all of these, what Redskins are we going to get here? Because a lot of people are going to feel the Steelers' defense isn't very good and should be thrown in the category of those 
Chicago Bears or Dallas Cowboys, who they got twice in that in that streak, playing within their own division, which could be the worst division in football now, by the way. We made the predictions over on SteelCityUnderground.com, and none of us could figure out. We said flip a coin for most of this. We don't know who's going to be better, who's going to be worse. But the Steelers might be challenged. Their defense may be challenged by a Redskins offense that was ranked first in the NFL in completion percentage, 69.5%. Ooh, that's very good. Completion percentage inside the 30-yard line, 65.6%. They ranked first in first half time of possession, first in the NFC and NFL in passer rating inside the 30-yard line, first in the NFC and third in the NFL in sack percentage inside the 30-yard line. So they don't get sacked either. Don't give up the ball. They rank second in the NFC and NFL in percentage of first down pass plays, gaining four-plus yards. That could be trouble for the Steelers. Remember, 30th-ranked passing defense last year. They're trying to improve on all of this. And then, once again, ranked second in the NFC, third in the NFL, and third in medium four-to-six-yard conversion percentage, 53.3%, over half of the time. And they and it just keeps going on and on and on. Interception percentage, second in the NFC, third in the NFL, second in the NFC, and sixth in the NFL in yards per pass per play in the red zone. Second, tied for second in the NFC, tied for third in the NFL with red zone giveaways. So they they are they were very good at protecting the football, but it goes against everything. Because we're talking so much about Kirk Cousins. So they're going to have to throw the ball, is my guess, because they lost Alfred Morris. He went over to the Dallas Cowboys. And you'll see, when we, if you didn't already see, the simulation that we were doing with Madden 17, the video game. Eric Herman putting that up, editing the video. The whole team had some input on the whole Madden 17 deal. This is Eric's baby primarily. He runs a simulation in which the Steelers actually lost. And it says, like, Matt Jones runs for 122 yards. There is no way. Matt Jones averaging a very paltry, and I'm going to pull it up here for you just one second. So Matt Jones last year, uh, 3.4 yards per attempt. And Alfred Morris only got about 3.7. What we saw in the preseason when he was behind that new Great Wall of Dallas, as you may call it, he was doing much better. And I do believe... Maybe the Redskins are going to miss Matt Jones here. Matt Jones is a guy that if you sneeze at him, he is pretty much going down. If the Steelers miss tackles against Matt Jones on Monday Night Football and let this guy run roughshod, we have some real problems because the Steelers were a solid or a solid rushing defense team. Where you're going to have your issues is if if they can get. Trent Williams is there on the offensive line, getting to the quarterback, getting to Kirk Cousins, who's very mobile. Had a lot of rushing touchdowns with his legs. That's where one of the problems, one of the issues is going to be. Is if they could actually sack and pressure Kirk Cousins. I mean, Trent Williams is on that line. He's a Pro Bowl left tackle. But I believe it's one of their guards that was injured and is coming back and has won the job. I believe it's the left guard right next to, playing next to Trent Williams. So that could be, it could be an issue there. That could be exploited. So you have one weak link maybe on this offensive line. But they're just not capable of the push for the running game. I don't care what you have to say. They're going to have to heave the ball. That's what worked for them. And they're going to have to hope that Kirk Cousins is as accurate as he has been against a revamped defense. you got Jay Wobble in the middle. 
first Steelers rookie to start on the defensive line in 22 years. He is anchored by Cam Hayward and Stephon Tuitt. We all believe that these three guys, we're not talking about the outside linebackers or even worried about it because I actually think the outside linebackers, whether you like Jarvis Jones or not, I think he creates enough pressure to open up things for Hayward and Tuitt. And I'll say the same thing about Arthur Motes. We all know James Harrison still got it. The 38-year-old wonder. Anthony Chiquillo in his second year, he's going to get a chance to rise and shine here. As long as Timmons and Shazier could hold down the middle, make sure you're bumping whatever guys you need in the zone. Uh, you got to watch Jordan Reed. I'm hoping that Shazier is ready. Timmons as well. Not only Jordan Reed, they come out with one of these double tight end sets. They have Niles Paul, and they also have Vernon Davis there now too. The tight end position is going to give the Steelers fits just like it did last year. They have some problems with bumping these guys off down the seam. But you know what? Maybe the, maybe they'll have it figured out. Maybe that's where Sean Davis comes in. I don't know. I could be talking out my butt right now. But basically, I don't know. I don't know that I see really Deshaun Jackson. you got a possession receiver in Pierre Garçon. You've got this uh, – you've got Jamison Crowder – who I think had the most receptions as a rookie wide receiver, second to Amari Cooper, actually. And then you have Josh Doxson, who's uh, the, the rookie from Texas Christian that they drafted. So they definitely are capable with the weapons of the passing game. This team, it's going to be interesting to see how they run the ball. I would expect maybe some like halfback draws or something. That's what they're going to need to do because I don't think they're going to be able to establish a running game. And that may benefit the Steelers. It'll work in their favor to help this secondary. And the secondary may not need more help. We're going to see how all of these players come along. We're expecting, of course, William Gay's a captain. We're expecting Ross Cockrell to start as one of the corners. We're also expecting maybe we'll see some Artie Burns. Maybe we'll see some Justin Gilbert. But we're expecting Sean Davis to possibly cover that slot position as he did in the preseason with Mike Mitchell and Robert Golden, the veterans in the back. I certainly like that a lot better than when we were faring with Antoine Blake and Will Allen. So you think about it that way, and it definitely shows some promise because most of those guys have been there. Jay Wobble's going to be up. <laughs> he probably doesn't like that nickname. But the Gravedigger, Javon Hargrave, I think is going to be a disruptive force. I think he's going to help this Steelers defense. But the Steelers offense against this Redskins defense, like I was mentioning earlier, defensive backs, even the defensive line, they have a former Steeler. You remember Ziggy Hood. He was brought in to help shore this up because they had lost some players on this defensive line. They are not as strong as they used to be playing there. I mean, they do have uh, they do have a couple of linebackers. They're playing – basically they play, play a 3-4 like the Steelers, but the Steelers aren't always in the 3-4. They're in some variation 60% or more of the time, like a nickel-type variation, maybe even just two down linemen the extra defensive back, whether it's an extra safety or whatnot. So it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, you've got Ryan Kerrigan, who is a stellar, a phenomenal talent. But we'll see what he does. He come off a knee surgery. Never, ever, ever, ever know. And you can't ever underestimate the opponent but I am definitely amped up, geeked up, psyched up, ready to see what the Steelers bring 
in this game. Over under 50 points. You know, Vegas is very seldom, are, very seldom are they ever wrong. You ever notice that? It always makes me wonder. But I do think, I do think that the Steelers have that edge in this game. I think they're capable of putting up points on every drive. I don't think that the Redskins are have the same capability. And that all is because you have Ben Roethlisberger, you have Antonio Brown, and you have D'Angelo Williams, who I also feel is superior. I think in every facet, if we were just to say the defenses are just a sieve and they're just going to leak points and yards and plays all over the place, I'm going to have trouble believing that anyone on the Steelers' schedule is going to be able to match them point for point for point for point. I'm going to be also interested in seeing, basically, what's going to happen. Are the Steelers going to be able to get off the field on third down? Because, like I said, the Redskins are very good on first down. So, if they end up giving these yards up and they have these short like third and fours, they always make me cringe. I know you guys just got the goosebumps, that icky feeling, that chill that just went up the, the back of your spine as well. So I'm hoping for more of the third and long scenario. And we're going to see how this turns out. The first week of the NFL, actually even the first two weeks, it's so tough for me. It, it is. I mean, Bill Belichick's even said this is uh, the first four weeks actually is more like an extension of training camp since they're not allowed to hit as much and everything else. You need some real game time to see what's going to happen. But I just find that interesting that Kirk Cousins throws eight interceptions in the first five games of the year and then only throws three the last. So if it's a Jekyll and Hyde act, we're going to see what happens. Matt Jones, running back, fumble machine, four fumbles last year. I think he's a liability. I think he's somebody that can be exploited. I think this game's going to have a lot of passing in it. The Steelers could, they very well could run the wheels off D'Angelo Williams in this game. It can happen. You could see D'Angelo Williams scoring two or three touchdowns. It can happen that way as well. It's going to be interesting to see if Josh Norman is all talk or if Antonio Brown makes him look like a fool like Antonio's basically done to every corner who's called him out before. Antonio's going to be hungry. He's going to be seeking records. And I think this is the year that he is just going to shatter everything again, barring, barring any major setbacks. Ladies and gentlemen, Monday Night Football, make sure – you get home a little earlier. It's not as late because they have a double header. Steelers are going to be on about an hour earlier than usual for the Monday Night Football game. You're not going to want to miss this one. So they take on the Washington Redskins at FedEx Field in Washington, D.C. The nation's capital is going to be rocking. And I can't wait to see how many terrible towels are in that crowd. Wish I could be a part of it too, but schedule just doesn't work out. And sometimes, hey, I really do wish money grew on trees. I'd be there for sure. I really would. But until next time, hopefully the next time, I'm going to be talking about a Steelers win. So be safe, be good, and I will catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. I keep telling you, we're not Voltron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters. 
regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Fullcast. It's not Voltron.